And hello, recovery fam. Welcome back to the Unashamed Recovery Podcast, where we believe there is healing in the story of our scars. That it is okay to not be okay. It is our mission to break the shaming stigma of addiction and recovery by sharing real stories of real people and real addiction and real recovery and real sobriety. That's right. I'm your host, Josh. I'm your co-host, Drew. And I'm Brother Phoenix from Black Sheep Recovery Warfare. For the delay, roll that intro. Unashamed Recovery Podcast. Yep, that's how it's the done. The Unashamed Recovery Podcast. The Unashamed Recovery Podcast with Josh, Drew, and Palmer starts now. <laughs> this is episode 59, Rebuilding the Ruins. That's a good topic. It is a very good topic. I like that topic. I do too. You, picked, you, you certainly picked a good one, or God did. Yeah, it wasn't me. For, that, that, for that, was all, that was all God. <laughs> Rebuilding the Ruins. and uh, It kind of goes along with my... Favorite recovery verse, and that's, you know, Joel 2.20. For all the things that you have lost, you will receive back. All the things that the canker worms, you know, the locusts uh, have eaten, I will give back to you a thousand times fold. So, Everything that the enemy stole yeah. will be returned to you. I like that's it. right. I like it. Well, well, I didn't know about that verse, and that verse goes very well with this. How this episode came about was I was reading in Acts, and it was Acts 15.16. I'm going to read that right quick as we get started into this. The words of the prophets agree with this as it is written. After this, I will return, and I will rebuild the fallen tent of David. I will rebuild its ruins and restore it, so that the rest of humanity may seek the Lord, namely all the Gentiles that I have called to be my own, says the Lord, who makes these things known from long ago. Amen. And I was reading that, and that that's... That has nothing to do with, with recovery whatsoever. That's one of the things. That it is prophecy. It's talking about rebuilding the, the temple. And, but when I was reading it, I was like, man, that, that that is prophecy that was from the Old Testament talking about this thing being rebuilt. You can put that thing in stone. It is prophecy. It's going to happen. Yeah, that, that that's that's coming. That's going to come true. You know, we've seen that prophecy fulfilled. Like some, you got like you guys and uh, and I have since I started this journey. Uh, we we get to see that prophecy fulfilled a lot. Yeah, on a day to day, almost. I know it's been fulfilled in my life. I know it's been fulfilled in y'all's, man. Yeah. So that rings true, like big time. Man. Well, you know, and it's it's a consistent work in mine where yeah. God's just steadily showing me areas that have been damaged mm-hmm. that need reworked or rebuilt or you know something that has been torn completely down that he's gonna reconstruct but in his way yeah you know well when i was reading that i had this moment of you know all the things that i did in my past just haunt me yeah sometimes it just cripples me i'm i'm paralyzed by my past and sometimes i think that i'm too far gone to be able to be used or to, to do anything. And so I started thinking, I was like, what if I looked at my own life in the same aspect, in the same lens that I just read that verse of prophecy? When I read that verse, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind, like, okay, well, this is prophecy. God is saying this, then it's going to happen. Amen. I mean, it's, consider it done. 
what if I looked at my own life like that? Right. What if I looked at the healing in my own life with such as a matter of fact, like, hey, it's done. Like, God is going to come in and he's going to restore these ruins in my life. He's going to take what the enemy meant to destroy me. He's going to turn it for good. Like, what if, how, how much different would our lives be if we looked at it that way of just it's a matter of fact? Right. I think it would be eons different Yeah. as far as I think we would appreciate where we're at now a lot more. Then, then you know, I'm not saying that we don't appreciate it. I think sometimes we take for granted what God really does whenever He's taking, taking what's been destroyed and rebuilding it in His way. But you know, my bad. No, that's fine. <laughs> I think sometimes it takes like you know us to be broken. I think it takes yeah, a sure. broken building. Um, if you ever look, whenever they do these, uh, what the house flips, you know, they take the house and they gut it out. They completely destroy the house. It, it looks like a ruined house if you walk through it. But then you come back a year later, and it's something that, you know, you're going to end up paying a, a million dollars on the market. And you can literally use my life as an example for this because when it happened to me, like, and this is why I really, you know, took the name Brother Phoenix to use for the podcast was uh, when uh, when the enemy got done with me, you know, there was nothing left but ruin and ashes. Yeah. And, you know, that's literally what happens to the Phoenix when it dies, it burns out, and there's nothing left but a pile of ash. And then God took all of that ash and turned it for his good and rebuilt the man that I am today and is using all of that, what I went through for 30 years of rebellion against the enemy. Right. And I was smiling because I, I love it. Like, I have... I've heard that story, and I, every time I hear it, I love it because you know, just a couple episodes ago, you were on our on the on the show talking about being the black sheep and going through your story. And if anybody has heard that story, anybody would have, would have given you the like if you would have just rolled over and just died from from what you went through. Everybody, well, okay, well, well, that's literally what I was trying to do. I mean, I was going to uh, crawl into an oak tree and. Yeah. And, you know, take that fatal shot of fentanyl and be, let it was yeah. going to be over with, but God had other plans. Right? Uh, you know, it, you it know. was, people would have expected that, but man, from where you have come, it, it, it's the Phoenix. It is true, and yeah. I, I, I love hearing that story. It's death and rebirth. Yeah, yep. most definitely. So, and, and glory all to God. And it's one of them things that this, it's, this, this episode is a, a 100% orchestrated by God because of how it just happened to be where got tied in to be here with us <laughs> yeah. to speak on this. Yeah. I mean, man, if you'd like, I'd tell a story. Or if you're let's, let's do an abbreviated version. Let's do an abbreviated version. Just, just, just a quick one of, of how it all fell into just place. Just for it's the like, ones that may have not well, heard it. From, from, your, uh, from uh, episode 42, The Black Sheep, to this point, real quick, it's like, uh, this is truly what God had intended for me when I, you know, from that time, you know, the day he had me arrested and saved me from myself. You know, through prison, he, uh, gave me the idea you know for this and he put that on my heart and i had no means or no way of doing that so through through uh my introduction to uh you and doing the episode and then from that point forward you know to this studio and everybody that's been positioned in my life uh to pull this together it's like that that is what came from the ruins and that's just putting it lightly yeah (laughs) yeah that's just the abbreviated (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it's like literally everybody, like like Danny over there for Audio Alchemy. I didn't have a studio. I didn't have a mixer. I didn't even have a mic, you know. Um, then uh, putting Damien in my life to do the editing. I literally prayed for that for about two weeks after about the fourth episode because, you know, it's like I was struggling with doing the editing and all that. So not even seeking anybody, Damien just calls me out of the blue, interested in being a guest. And then through that conversation Look in that same – 
in that same conversation, he's like, well, I, you know, I mean, uh, you know, just for, uh, you know, my spare time, I just do editing and make these reels. You should check it out. And I, I pretty much just told him, look, I don't even need to. I know this is God. I'm just going to go and tell you, welcome to the Black Sheep team. And then Stacy, my co-host, man, she's a, you know, she's a, she came out of some serious addiction like I did. And, you know, she was saved from a, from a horrific car crash. Her, 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 uh, the love of her life literally shot himself in the head right in front of her and landed on top of her. Look what God did with her. And, and, you know, she went through college and she's getting, you know, she's a, um, just graduated. Yeah. Just graduated. She's a, she's a therapist. Just bought a house. So she, you know, to, so, um, when I saw her testimony last year, um, at the Grace Church, I knew she was going to be involved in some capacity. I didn't know at the time. I just figured a guess. But through that, now she she brings that to the table with not just her addiction story and her, uh, you know, uh, her testimony from that, but she brings a brain. And I mean, it's you know, <laughs> and she and she's brilliant, man. She's so smart. And um, like, dude, I mean, uh, uh, I can't even you know express in the words. Like, I mean, I I knew that I wanted a female on the on the uh, as a host, you know, to, to have that. But uh, but he didn't just give me that, but he gave me one with a huge brain and and the and the addiction background that I come from. So. Right. Yeah, man, it's <clears throat> it's one of them where you, when you you looking at it from the outside, you, you just you, you can't see all the areas that God is orchestrating. Yeah. Just seeing this thing unfold is just it's unreal. And we, you know, we had our first event. I'm not trying to take away from the episode, but we, you know, no, we we just had our first event this past Saturday night. It's the Black Sheep Recovery Presents, and it was DJ Win. And when, I, man, when I tell you, like from start to finish, everything moved. It was all the it was all the uh, orchestrated by God. The way everything fell into place, it was the timing of everything, the testimonies, the DJ Win's performance, the altar call was just unbelievable, man. I looked up at one point and and. Uh, Everybody had their phones up with their flashlights on, and uh, and it was just beautiful, man. Right. And um, you know we uh, you know we've got Night of Hope this Saturday at the uh, at Trinity, and uh, in Byram, and uh, I expect it to be bigger than what just happened this past Saturday. And our and uh, I, I look forward to see what God has in mind for our future events, man. Yeah. It's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. It's going to get to where it's going to be bigger than Recovery Fest back in. What was it, August, September? Yes. Yeah. It's going to be bigger than that. Ultimately, it's going to be, uh, you know, we're having a meeting in about two weeks, I think, after uh, Scott Walters from All Things New gets back from uh, from Mexico. Um, it, it, uh, you know, we're all coming together as one. Yeah. Uh, it'll be, uh, you know, uh, Black Sheep Recovery, All Things New, and Night of, uh, present like a Night of Hope. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I haven't, you know, I, if y'all want, I'm going to bring y'all up in the meantime and have unashamed a part of it, too. We just literally had this conversation yesterday, so it's pre-planning, but. But uh, yeah, so yeah, God, God is de- yeah, definitely yeah. moving in in the recovery yeah. world, man. It's almost it almost feels like revival type stuff, man. Almost. Well, you know. and it's it's so funny because like we were talking before we started recording, so many people that I talk with in recovery are talking about this same topic right here about yeah. rebuilding the ruins, rebuilding the <clears throat> like about how their life is just completely different, right? And I think me and you had that. Oh, I just hit the mic. I think we also hit had that talk about on our way over here. About how that was looking. Yeah. Um, matter of fact, it's going to end up being a topic episode, uh, I think. And that was just ba- about being for real. Uh, just getting for real with ourselves as, as far as faith-wise. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things that I think people pray for um, when they're in starting their recovery journey. Or even when they're still lost in addiction. I know for me, I prayed for love. 
I prayed for happiness. I prayed for, you know, some stability, or, you know, house, because at that point I was living homeless. Um, <clears throat> well, I say it was living homeless. It was in an abandoned house eating out of the trash. But, uh, yeah, I mean, um, matter of fact, I think our stories kind of correlate uh, because I was stand- sitting on the back porch, gun in, the hand- in my hand, you know, fired it twice or tried to fire it twice. Uh, nothing happened. You know, uh, pointed at the woods, fired fine. Pointed wow. back at myself and then tried it again. Nothing happened. And that's God. That is nothing but you God. Know, but yeah. that was God telling me he wasn't done yet. Yeah. And I thought I was too ruined yeah. for see, anything else. See, you and I do um, have a parallel there because, like, uh, not only did, you know, so God took away my ability to get high toward the end, right? Right. And uh, it wouldn't matter how much dope I shot or whatever. But even that, like, I, I had OD'd multiple times. I couldn't count or tell you how many times I did right. OD. But he just wouldn't take me. Like, there was a point at one time, you know, or more than one time that, I mean, I was literally dead for about 30 minutes, and the doctor had literally thrown his hands up and said, this one's, there's nothing we can do for this one. I can, I mean, I was literally in the room with my body in right. UMC, and I'm watching all this take place. And there's a couple nurses in there with him, and the nurse stopped him. And uh, she's like, well, let's just try the Narcan just to see if that works. We got to do something. Right. And uh, so he's like, yeah, fine, whatever. He was not excited about doing it. It's like he didn't want to waste the Narcan, you know. So they hit me with it, and I got slammed back in my body, you know. Right. But that, it was just – and there was there were times where I, I woke up in rooms, like, you know, by myself where I should have been dead and had no idea how long I'd been laying there with a needle hanging out of my arm. He just would not let me die, and it was for that reason he had set me apart, set me apart for something else. Something else, something greater. And, uh, something greater, and uh, and we know what it is. I mean, it's the same with you. It's the same with Danny. It's the same with Josh. Same with Palmer. Every guest that I've had, every guest that you've had, is to pull people out of darkness. So the the greatest thing that I realized whenever I was about to go into rehab and it's something that I really didn't even think anything about it, never put a second thought to it. But I was sitting outside of my parents' house, spitting every Bible verse that I knew. I was praying as hard as I could. Didn't even know I was praying. Like, I was just talking. I yep. was just talking to God at this point. God, I don't know what else to do in this situation. I don't know how to get out of this. I mean, I was ruined, you know. And in my mindset, I was a ruined piece of fruit. I was ruined completely. And I was just anything anything to get the devil off my back at that point in time i mean i was in tears my daughter who was 13 at the time was sitting there just kind of looking at me like what is my dad doing like what's wrong with him you know but she started tearing up because she heard me praying mm-hmm. you know of course i mean it was i thought it was just all frivolous talk at this point but every single word that i said god used in my rebuilding process amen every single one of them you know, every prayer that was said, because I, I remember I made this long Facebook post and I went back and read it. And this was, I mean, it, it was it was extenuated, you know, just being high, uh, try, trying anything, you know, it wasn't even for attention. It was just a cry for help, you know, because I could not find a way to rebuild anything. I was trying to be successful. I was trying to do all these things, but I could not stop getting high. Yeah. You know, but basically what happened was um, my dad intervened. Uh, Weems, uh, which is a health center in Meridian, they came in. They sent the sheriffs out there, which was <laughs> that was crazy all in its own right. But I mean, it was they, God did everything that it took to get me to a point to where he could he could flatten the ground out, mm. build a foundation in Him, and then start reconstructing and start rebuilding. But it was all done through faith, faith that I didn't even know I had at that point. You know, it was just reworking itself. In. It was working itself in, working itself yeah. in. 
And so now I thrive on faith, faith alone. Oh, yeah. You know, sometimes my own thoughts get in the way or my own intrusive thoughts get in the way, but it's really faith alone that drives me. And it's funny you said that because right here in my notes, I have this written down. It says that there have been moments in my own life where it felt like the ruins were too extensive. But that's where faith step in. Oh, wow. It's the anchor that holds us steady, believing in the promise of rebuilding, even in the face of setbacks. It fuels the resilience needed for recovery. Amen. It's well, it's funny you said that. Yeah. Right. But, you know, and, and I've noticed whenever we, if I try to rebuild something or I try to do something different and I don't do it through faith, it's, it always fails. Yeah. Always. Yeah. It's something that's got, like, it's like hanging a light fixture without instructions. It's going to fall down. That's right. You know, and that's kind of like how it's been in my life. And I can't speak for everybody else's in recovery, but I know in my life, if I do something outside of faith, it's, it's it's deemed to either cause some friction, some stress, or it's just never going to work until God puts his hands on it, you know? Good stuff. Yeah. Man, I can tell you that uh, I literally had to jump out of the boat for, you know, uh, in faith, you know, with this whole, with the whole thing uh, going on with the black sheep, man. Um, you know, the enemy gets in your ear, you know? Most definitely. No, the enemy gets in your ears like nobody's gonna watch that. Nobody's gonna listen to you. Nobody's gonna nobody's gonna care about what you got going on. And you know, and, and that happened. And I was like, but you know, God literally put other people in my path that um, you know, cheerleaders, you know, to encourage it. And like, oh, go for it, go for it. You know, and literally, Brad said something the other. <clears throat> Brad Hancock said something the other day in front of me. He's like, uh, we were talking. I think we were talking about. Uh, Stacy's house or something like that. She's just real nervous about buying it. He's like, Stacy, you literally have to jump out of the boat. And that really resonated with me because it's like, you know, just like uh, you know, Peter had to yep. get out of the boat and walk toward Jesus, you know, and uh, and it resonated with me because, like, you know, that's just a testament of, of, of how strong your faith is. Well, and also in the same aspect of that, me and my wife, we just came out of this season of, it's a mix of waiting and was also in a mix of just financial stress. We were just, it was a horrible season that me and the wife were in. But in that season, we were waiting to hear from God. Mm-hmm. And we were six months into this thing. And Would you say you, it was like standing in a hallway waiting yeah. for a door to open? Yeah, we were, we were literally, it, it, we were in that hallway waiting for God to open the next door. Hollings head door one. <clears throat> yeah. Hollings head door one. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> and it had gotten to the point where it felt like the hallway had become where it was a hallway with no doors. And we're waiting for the doorway to appear. Right. And then waiting for it to open. But when we came out of that season, I told my wife, I said, you know, my biggest lesson that I learned in this was sometimes God will put us in a situation that makes us uncomfortable, uncomfortable, <laughs> but also that will make us our, to see if our walk will match our talk. Well, yeah, you know that goes well along with the fruits of the spirit, man. You know, so it's patience, it's long suffering. You know, it's uh, you know, you're gonna go, you know, we're gonna go through those things, and just because he's not answering you on your time doesn't mean he's That's not right. gonna answer you. You know, it's That's on right. God's timing is perfect, man. He had y'all in that waiting season for a reason. Oh man, yeah, you know, and uh, and and yeah, that that is a true testament to faith too. Is like I think he does that also putting you in uncomfortable situations to see how strong your faith is. You know, yeah, and. and well, the, the point I was about to make with that, because you were talking about that, made me think about getting out of the boat. 
the lesson that I learned in all that was sometimes God wants to see if we're willing to take that next step, even when we can't see the whole staircase. Absolutely. Yep. Because, like, you know, I, you know, he's outside of time, man. So, he, I mean, um, he sees the end from the beginning, you know. So, um, you know, that's just got to be doing stuff, man. He just, I mean, he just be doing stuff. Well, and that's how we put see it. that on a t-shirt. Put that, God, God be, be doing. God stuff. just be doing. God be doing stuff. You know, and, and look. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you. Look, I say that a lot. I say that all the time. It's like my friends. But I'm gonna tell you where that where that came from, real quick, man. It's like uh, my grandfather. He was a very wise man. He was a uh, he was a Greyhound tra- uh, Trailways bus driver for like 30 years, man. And like, so he got all over the country. But he also had like 16 brothers and sisters, and came from Lena. Mississippi, so uh, I don't even think he truly knew what his birthday was because he was literally, literally born in the barn. So, he, but he was a very wise man, and like something that he passed on to me was uh, my nickname was Mole. Okay, and I'll I'll tell that story some other time. But he's like, <laughs> like, so, like it, you know, I came to him with something. He just and he just put you know, fold his hands and say, "Well, Mole, sometimes it just bees that way." But on the other hand, it don't be that way. And that never made sense to me, man. It's like, I know it just bees that way sometimes. So it just really stuck with me my whole life. So I just kind of flipped it. God it's like, man, be God doing be stuff. doing stuff, man. It's things that you can't explain. You know, it's like, uh, you know, well, sometimes it just be that way. Sometimes it don't be that way. Well, guess what? God be doing stuff. Excuse me, gentlemen. Apparently, you three forgot that we have sponsors and we need to take an ad so let me break in even though i'm not there let's take a short break show some love to our amazing sponsors we'll be right back unashamed recovery podcast is heard around the world in over 42 countries including over 780 cities in all 50 states here in the united states People around the world are hearing the message of the hope of recovery from addiction, and that's because of listeners like you who donate, but also because of our sponsors. Local sponsors like D's Automotive in Meridian, Mississippi, serving the East Central Mississippi and West Alabama areas for over 42 years. D's is a name you can trust when it comes to your vehicle. For all your complete car care needs and service and towing and car locks, that's D's Automotive. Go by and see Miss Jeannie, Mike, and the boys at 5024 Poplar Springs Drive. That's 5024 Poplar Springs Drive in Meridian. Or give them a call at 601-482-1800. That's 601-482-1800. And tell them that Josh and Drew sent you. Now back to your normally scheduled programming right here on Unashamed Recovery Podcast. And we are back. Okay, gentlemen, I'm only there in spirit, but please continue. Well, you know, when I look back over my life, I can see God be doing stuff. Oh, yeah. And the only thing that I can, how my brain can only rationalize things that God has done in my life is grace. Yeah. Here's how I rationalize it. Um, So, something Brad recently um a revelation I got through something Brad told me. He was like, I can't remember. I think it's in Jeremiah. It's, you know, God God knew you, you know, when he was stitching you together in yep. the womb. You know, you're, it's almost like, I mean, he, every fiber of yeah, your he knows everything. So, I mean, he, so from the time he's literally stitching you together from that moment, he already sees the end from that. 
Like, he already has a purpose for that. He already has a purpose for what he's putting together in your mother's womb. You know, it's like, it's almost like you're predestined for it. And, like, in that, in that sense, it's like, um, it's like, it's, it, you know, yeah, we have the free will, you know. But so you go through your life and you make these choices. And, like, so you come to a fork and you can go left or you can go right. And depending on which way you go, it's up to you whether you fulfill that destiny. If he, you know, God is going to definitely fulfill that destiny. He's going to create circumstances for you to eventually, you know, kind of go that way. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like, uh, like the, like, so the, uh, all the events leading up from the time I was born up until the point where I was going to end my life in that oak tree, he wasn't going to make it happen, you know, like uh, overnight, like snap his fingers. It's like he literally had to create a circumstance to set me down in prison to keep me from um, unaliving myself. And, um, and putting me on that path that he wanted me on. Right. You know, does that, I mean, I'm so, not trying to get off on a tangent here. Yeah, but. Because that makes perfect sense because uh, for me personally, when I was in high school, I went to a youth camp in my church. And then I had a, just a extraordinary experience with God at that youth camp. As plain as day, I could just, people all the time say they, they heard God tell them. I didn't hear God say anything. But I felt. I was about to say, sometimes it's just it, a feeling of overwhelmment, man. It's, it's feelings of saying, hey, you're going to go into ministry. Yeah. Now, for me, growing up in backwoods of Wayne County, growing up in the Pentecostal church, I just assumed that meant you're going to be a preacher, stand up on the pulpit, Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights, mm. Sunday nights, that kind of thing. Well, when I got back, to back home from youth camp and went back, back into school. I got plugged into all these, you know, Bible study at school and the FCA and all these different kind of ministry opportunities at school. I got plugged in. Well, but the more I got to thinking about, man, how am I going to go and kind of lead people to Christ and preach and all this? It scared me. Man, it terrified me. I, was, I had never been more scared in my life thinking about it. So I just... Man, I took off running. I, I pulled a Jonah. I just, I, I ran from God. And, uh, man, I, I made choices that led me down in my path of my porn and sex addiction that took me way down in the hole. But it led me down that path. Mm. And when I came out on the other side in 2017, at that relapse, uh, I was got appointed as ministry leader for my CR in Meridian. And it came very, 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 very clear. Okay. I ran from God to the very thing that he would ultimately use me for. That he had placed that calling on my life. At the time, I thought being in ministry was just a preacher. Yeah. yeah. Ministry is multiple things. Oh, yeah. yeah. Without a doubt. Any and, act of service done through the name of God, or, and, you know, that's, that's... So here I am. That's ministry in itself. Here I am. I, I ran from him to what he was going to use in my life. Jonah Hollingshead. <laughs> <laughs> Except that, well, I reckon... I was, I, I was like, I was going to say, I didn't come in contact with no whale, but I reckon <laughs> I reckon the... Uh, I reckon well, the, the porn way, and, no, and no, sex no, no, was no, no, my no. whale. Well, yeah. exactly. Well, I was I mean, going to say. Because it swallowed me Because you're in the yeah. middle of something. Well, I was going to say, point. yeah, you, you did have a whale experience because uh, there was something that swallowed you and spit you back out where you needed to be. Yeah. And God sent that whale to swallow you and spit you right back over in Nineveh where you needed to be. Hey, John's got uh, Brother Phoenix just start calling me Jonah. <laughs> Jonah Hollingshead. <laughs> That's right. 
But anyway, uh, we, we got way off topic. But I, yeah. I, I, I feel like all that still has oh, to no, do with, with the like ruins. Rebuilding yeah. from the ruins, yeah. yeah. I mean, like well, from I mean, that from that moment, you had to. I mean, God literally had to rebuild you. Um, you know, after that relapse, I mean, he had to take yeah. what he had to take what was left. Uh, you know, all that, you know, all that garbage and all that, all that ash and all, you know everything, and rebuild it to what you are now. Yeah, most definitely. You know, you know, it's funny you you talk about the relapse. My my relapse was probably my greatest tool uh to to get me where i am right now sure uh that relapse man that that broke me as far as uh pride control um all those things that you know are not of god really you know you were talking about the fruits of the spirit but the fruits of the spirit just tell you that it's going to be a challenge Mm. you know he's telling you you're going to have to armor yourself with these things for the challenge of rebuilding for the challenge of ministry for the challenge of what we do on a day-to-day basis. You know, we think that this walk is going to be easy, but it's not easy. Yeah. You know, it's challenging, but it's challenging for a good reason. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's to build us up. Because, obviously, if you're a soldier, you're not going to be weak. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, I reckon you could. Well, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, people thought David was weak. Yeah, that's true. Have y'all ever seen uh, just this is really off topic. Have y'all ever seen one of those real slingshots from back in the day? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Like I, I, I saw an example of it like a couple of days ago and, and that was that was something something serious. You know what I learned about How David they could whip that thing. Yeah. So I, I, I think, yeah. But you know what really amazed me about that whole story? And I just recently learned this. Okay, so you know, there's a big misconception about that whole story. It's like you admit if you don't if you're really not paying attention to the story, you miss it that he picked up was it four rocks? Four smooth stones? Four smooth four stones. Four or five. Four or five, yeah. something like that. So, like, the reason, it wasn't because he thought he'd miss one, two, or three, or four times. It's because Goliath had four brothers with three brothers with him. So, in case another one stepped up, he was he about was to knock the other one too. down. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> True facts. <laughs> Came all the way over here for for, for Phoenix yeah. to teach me something. I did, I did not know oh, that. Oh, yeah. But the recurring thing that I've noticed that, you know, what we all keep talking about here, whether it's the relapse, you know, um, or running from God, is we've all acknowledged before the rebuilding process that we had an issue, mm-hmm. um, that there was some trouble, you know, that there were some cracks in the foundation, that, that that the building was about to fall or it already came down, and you're looking at rubble. You know, that's, that's one thing I've noticed. Mm-hmm. But how did we get to a point to where we face that and then we give it to God? Got step out of denial. Yeah. Desperation. Desperate. It was desperation and, you know, stepping out of denial for me. Because when I finally said to my dad, I was like, I'm on drugs. I don't know how to stop. Like, I can't. Like, I just don't know how at this point. I think that, you know, God literally had to step in the way he did with me. Because, you know, had I had the opportunity to call my father or my mother or anybody that that was close to me to do that at that point when I was suicidal, I probably would have, I'm sure I would have, right. but at, uh, mine was desperation and he had to literally get involved to save my life because I didn't have that to call, you know, I, I, I couldn't because they were gone. Right. And so the, uh, I, you know, I, I literally burned every bridge that I mean set, I mean, poured kerosene on every one of them and lit them on fire. So there was literally nobody I could call. He knew I was fixing to do it. So mine was what I was about to do. So mine was complete desperation. Right. For me, mine was just, I got caught. Yeah. 
And sometimes that's the best thing to happen. To get caught. To get caught. Yeah. My wife caught me in the middle of adultery. And I look back on it. If she wouldn't have caught me, I would have kept on. Yeah. It it took her catching me. Divine intervention. And so that's what I'm going back and, to what I'm saying. It's like you know, God will create a circumstance to get you caught. Yeah, to stop you from doing, you know, whatever I you're doing. You, getting caught was a weight lifted off of me. I because it was like, man, I can finally, I mean, here I am. I, I can finally just stop. I, I, I can, you know what I mean? Because I, I wasn't going to stop until I got caught. Right. And I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to stop on my own. Just, yeah. I, was, I was so deep off in it. Like, I, I was in a completely different mental status. I was completely absorbed in that kind of lifestyle. Yeah. I loved my sin. Right. Loved it. I wasn't going to stop them on. And so when I finally got caught, man, I, I could actually sleep. And <laughs> I had some of the best sleep in my life. The, my wife had left, took the kid, and was gone to her dad's. And I was at that house by myself, and I actually got sleep. Right. Because I, okay, I ain't got to hide no more. That, that I ain't got to have this double life. Right. It's all out in the open. And sometimes you're forced into that. Well, if, you know, you're getting caught. Yeah, well, you into that. yeah. See, I'm I'm terrible at you know the uh, the addresses of certain uh, scriptures. I'll look this up later, but uh, it reminds me of that one. It says, uh, you know, the, uh, everything that is in darkness will come to light. You know, I think that's Galatians. Yeah, five. Six. Well, it's definitely Paul for sure. I think it's Galatians yeah. five six. Yeah, it's, it's definitely. It's New Testament. Yes, yeah, definitely. it's definitely New Testament. But yeah, that, that is facts. But y'all were talking about your God moments. You know, I had two of them. You know, one was when he intervened with the the. The unaliving attempt. Uh, the first one was when I was on my way to prison. I was—I think I've told you this, where I was sitting in the cell, and all of a sudden, it was like everything that I'd done wrong, everything that I'd, I'd had like hidden or forgotten about, I'd stowed away somewhere in my, you know, mental psyche or in my heart. You know, I just had these things that I was not telling nobody about. You know. All these secrets, and they were weighing on me, and that was that was what was keeping me down, and that was what was keeping me, you know, in such a dark place. But God said, you know, he he sat right there. It was like he was sitting right next to me, and it was just like, here's your list, and I'm wiping all this away. I'm taking every single bit of this away. I'm erasing it. And I'm not going to remember it. I'm not going to remember yeah. it. Like, And I was just like, what? Yeah. He was like, you're forgiven. Now let's move forward, yeah. and let's go this way with life. Amen. Yeah. You know, but I mean— like Josh said, it wasn't it wasn't like a, a loud voice. It wasn't a mm. big bang. It wasn't you know the flashing lights and the thunderstorms. It was a feeling of just weightlessness. Yeah, I, um, it was know. like overwhelming love, but with weightlessness. What I've noticed is when I can always tell when when something is from God, I have one hundred percent peace about it. Yeah, like there's no doubt. No confusion. No confusion. And it's, that's another thing. I found if I'm in a situation and I'm I, there's confusion about it, well, okay, let me stop. Let me rethink this. Let me pray on this because God is not in confusion. That's right. right. So if I'm confused about this, that's not from God. That's right. When I'm in a situation and I have complete peace about it. Speaking about that rebuilding process, man, and the cracks in the foundation and stuff like that, even, you know, we're still being rebuilt. You know, I mean, it's, it's oh, absolutely. We're, we're, I mean, that's, that's going to continue on until we take our last breath. But, you know, I think, um, you know, in the in the true re- rebuilding process, that ultimate ultimate faith in God and in Jesus, 
is, I mean, that is the true foundation crack uh, fixer right there. It's like I've gotten to a point in my in my sanctification that uh, if things start to feel like it's going south or it's going bad, it doesn't even bother me now because I know God's got it. God's already fought that battle for me, and I'm not even, you know, so I'm, yeah. not, I'm not gonna have any anxiety about it or any stress about it. And it, and uh, because I know that if he's if he's literally done in my life what he has done so far since that crash and burn and left in those ashes and rebuilt what he's done now. He's not going to let anything take that away, and he's not going to destroy. He's not going to let anything destroy that. So it, it really point. took it really even truly. You. Yeah, like, even <laughs> you know, he's not even going to let me destroy it. It's like I, he li- I say that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's like he literally just. Uh, well, I think I was done, but it's like you know, in the true rebuilding process, I think that once you figure that out, to cast all your anxieties to to the feet of Jesus, then you know you're just pretty much in his obedience and in his will he's going to take care of you i think you said a key thing there you gotta be in that obedience yes now i'm a firm believer god is not going to continue to to bless you and to do all this if you're not obedience if you're if you're living in continued repentant sin unrepentant sin he will not saying he won't tear it down he won't correct you because he will I mean, but, it, you know, that is a key component of the rebuilding process is that you have to stay obedient and to stay in his will. That's right. And you if know? you don't, you're going to stay right where you're at. Or exactly. you're going to take some steps You'll backwards. You'll stall out. And then yeah. you'll start yes. moving forward again. That's right. And I saw only because I know from experience, God has given me these little bitty knickknacks, let's call them that, uh, here and there recently to say, like, just to see where my head's at. I, you know, or he knows where my head's at. Let me put it that way because he knows, he knows all. He's showing me where my head's at, mm. and that's and that's it, it, that's kind of a aha moment right now mm. because I was thinking about some things on the way up, you know, coming from Meridian to here, you know, you, it, it was just really funny because I was thinking about all the aspects of life right now where I'm having some trouble and why I'm having trouble there. It's because I think that I've done this stuff or I've put this together. Or I keep trying to put my hands into it, you know, not knowing. That God's telling me, you're mishandling this. Take a step back because you're not doing it in faith. Take a step back because it's not how I'm trying to rebuild this. You're trying to do it your way. Let me do it my way. Yeah. So stop mishandling what I'm giving you right now. Just hold on to it. Hold on to it. And then I'll show you how to use it. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. And that, I mean, that's pretty much my entire recovery right now. It's just yeah. stop mishandling some of these blessings that you're getting, some of these things that I'm trying to show you. I'm mishandling it. Yeah. You know? Well, it's been a good episode. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if we didn't have another guest coming in, I man, I, I I would say well, let's keep on rolling, but uh, we're gonna wrap this thing up. We I got a couple of things I'm gonna share with everybody, some uh some steps that you can take to come out of this. Before I share that, I'm gonna ask both of you this. Uh John, what would your life look like or your your recovery? What would your recovery look like if you knew without a doubt? That God was going to rebuild your ruins, how how would your recovery be different than it is now? Yeah, if, um, you, if you knew just one hundred. Talking about when we were in addiction to now, or you're saying like now, like right it, now, like if you if you knew if you were living one hundred percent of operating of God is going to do this, like one hundred percent faith without a doubt, how how would you live differently? How how would recovery be different right now? Oh, I'd look like a complete radical. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> 
I, I, I would be all over the place. Yeah. A little. I say all over the place. It'd be controlled, but I mean, it'd be more like one of those things. You're just kind of like, okay, I'm about to uh, not work this job. I'm not not about to do this over here real quick because I'm about to go over here because well, God's a, rebuilding yeah. something. You know. Well, I'm gonna tell you that you know I I feel like that. Um, how would I live differently? I mean, how would that be different? I don't see how it would be much different aside from the fact that I, I would just be full-time ministry, uh, which I think we're heading in that direction anyway. Then, uh, you know, I, I would be able to, uh, to spread the gospel and, and do a lot more in the, in the prisons and, um, you know, uh, on the streets, you know, some street evangelism and, uh, you know, and we're kind of heading toward that. Is that, does that make sense? I mean, does yeah. that answer the question? It's like, I know that I know that this isn't where it stalls out. I mean, I know it's, it goes above and beyond what we're doing here in the studio. And for Black Sheep, uh, I mean, uh, the sky's really the limit. I mean, yeah. it's really up to God. And, you know, like I said earlier, it's like he sees the end from the beginning, and I have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. But I know this. I'm not going to change a thing that I'm doing right now. And if, right. And if uh, you, know, like I, you know, I live a lifestyle of full obedience. If God tells me to do something, I do it. And uh, no matter how crazy it sounds, I mean, I mean, if he t- if he told me to walk into a, a Kroger and stand on my head, so that's what know, I meant I mean, by I would, radical. Yeah, I would you literally. Know, I, I mean, like these things that God's giving me thoughts on that I keep mm-hmm. second guessing or I keep, da- you know, it's natural. You know, yeah. you want to doubt some things, not doubt it, but you're just kind of like, oh, yeah. I don't know if I can do that. I'm not sure if I have the resources yeah. for this, or yeah. I'm not sure if I can you know, really get out there on this path like you yeah, want me yeah. to because of X, Y, and Z on the back end. You know, if we take that out and we understand that through faith, it's going to work out. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, uh, for me, you know, it had to get beyond uh, uh, fear of uh, fear of man, like uh, embarrassment, things like that. And it's like, yeah, and, yep. and now, you know, I'm, I'm just about past that. You know, it's like, uh, like uh, with the TikTok, you know, I, I struggle with uh, doing the lives and I do and, and making the little videos by myself because I, you know, in a way I haven't been obedient about that. And he's been telling me to do it every day. And I'm just like, uh, I'm not good at it, but I know, <laughs> you know, I'm just not good at doing this, those types of things. But for everyone I do, you know, it gets a lot, you know, the views get a little higher and things like that. So I know yeah. that, so I'm not being obedient that way. But so if I got full on obedient about that, I just know that, you know, he would use that one little thing to change a life that might be over in Cambodia. Yeah. You know, so you know, I me, guess that it, to answer the question, I guess it would be to, um, just, uh, uh, I don't guess I'd be, be doing much anything different because, you know, I'm just living that obedient lifestyle. For me, when I think about that same question, I would stop giving life to my past. What I mean by that is stop re- mm. replaying it, stop living in my past. Yeah. Right. Because if, if, if I was living a life that reflected of me knowing 100% that God's going to rebuild my ruins. Then what's the purpose of going back and visiting my past? Right. There's no point in it. Yeah, why check up on a yeah. dead person? Well, yeah. It's why, funny why, you bring... Yes. Why, why, why dig up... Why, why are you going yes. to check on the health of a dead person? Yes. You know? That's a, yes. I literally That's had somebody stop me. Right there, Josh. Those little... T- <laughs> That's, why, it's, it's That's funny. why I pay you so much. Yeah, I'm glad. See, listen, I, you know, this is a whole God thing right now, what I'm about to say, because I literally had somebody stop me and pray. Uh, uh, this job uh, we started yesterday um, at this uh, a friend's house that I go to church with, and she literally, before I could walk out the door, said, I need you to pray for me. And I was like, well, what's going on? She's like, somebody from my past from about 20, uh, you know, 20 years ago is uh, is threatening to bring something up from my past that could potentially hurt me. And I was like, no, 
No, so I prayed for her. And I was like, listen, and when I was done praying for her, I said, listen, that person that, uh, I said, you're not living that lifestyle anymore, are you? No. I said, then don't worry about it. That weapon formed against you will not prosper. I said, uh, I mean, you know, pray for your enemy. Like I just did. I prayed for her enemy. And uh, I, I said, just, you know, uh, don't even worry about that. Uh, you know, that, that your past is your past. That's dead and buried. And, uh, and just move forward. Don't live in fear of the present or the future from that. I mean, good episode. God moments. Good episode, man. <laughs> Great episode. Good episode. I'm going to, as we wrap this thing up, as always, I like to leave the listeners with a, a little bit of something or another they can take with them. Uh, so I got some steps that each one of you can take to implement into your own lives of how you can rebuild from the ruins. Number one, and Drew already hit on this, acknowledge the ruins. Yeah. You can't go get help if, if you don't you acknowledge don't it. don't look at the crashed yeah. building. Like. It's, it's, it's the same way of, well, I broke my arm, but I can't go help, get help and, and get it fixed until I acknowledge, well, that arm is broken. It needs some help. You know what I mean? Right. You got to acknowledge it. So you can't rebuild the ruins if you don't acknowledge it. You got to take that honest inventory. So that's number one. Number two, set some clear goals. Be very specific and get some achievable goals. Don't set something so high that you cannot achieve it. Set some realistic, achievable goals and break them down into manageable steps to avoid feeling overwhelmed. Number three, establish a support system it's not a solo mission i think a lot of people try to do yes recovery can be a little selfish at times and it needs to be a little selfish at times it has to be but at the same time you still have to commune with other people i mean we were we were designed to interact with other people you know fellowship with brothers and sisters you know definitely yeah definitely all right, so that was number two. Uh, was that number three? That, that was number three. three. Number four, embrace faith and spirituality. Cultivate your spiritual connection. Now, with us, that's God. Yeah, but we do have some listeners that are not on that same walk. So whatever that may be for you, cultivate that spiritual connection. Faith can be a powerful anchor during challenging times. Providing strength and purpose. We already talked about that. The next, forgive yourself. You've got to. If you want to be able to rebuild those ruins, move on from it, you're going to have to forgive yourself. You've got to let go of the guilt and the shame. And I think that ties into stop visiting the dead person. Stop, stop checking, digging them up. Stop checking on them. Yep, they're dead. Forgive <laughs> yourself, learn from experiences, and then keep moving forward. And then the last one, reflect regularly. Now, I'm not saying visit the past. I'm saying reflect regularly. It's a difference. Set aside some time for some self-reflection. Evaluate your progress. Reassess those goals that you set and adjust your plan as needed. Yeah. yeah. That's how you measure your growth. That's important. Most definitely. Got to know where you came from and, and know where you're going and seeing the difference. Right. Remember, rebuilding is a gradual process, and every step forward is a victory. No matter how small that step is, it's a victory. Be patient with yourself, stay committed to your recovery, and then believe in the possibility of transformation. Amen. Well, that's all I got for this episode. Drew, is there anything else you want to add before we wrap this thing up? I think I've, I've said a 
lot. You have said a lot. I have. John? No, I think I said I'm more than both of y'all put together. I apologize (laughs) for that. (laughs) Well. One more. I I will say uh, another wise man that uh, something I learned from, Aubrey Pridgen at All Things New. uh, Aubrey is a wise man. He is. Trust the process. Revelation 21.5. It's a good, definitely good piece of advice. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Unashamed Recovery. I hope that you have found it helpful and encouraging. And if you're listening and you're still in that darkness of addiction, we hope that today's testimony, well, not really a testimony, really kind of a, that was kind of a topic episode. It was more of a, yeah, more of a chat. Yeah. Anyway, we hope that it was uh, encouraging and has been a lighthouse guiding you out of that pit and into the hope of sobriety and recovery. And for more recovery content, visit our brand new website, unashamedrecovery.com. There you will find addiction resources, new and old episodes of the show, plus sobriety and faith recovery themed blogs to take you deeper into your recovery and sobriety journeys. You can even donate to the show to help us reach more people still lost in the darkness of addiction. Also check out more amazing recovery podcasts over at Take 12 Recovery Radio recovery podcast network that link is in the show notes as well as under our partners page on the new website and that's all we've got for this episode remember to stay sober and above all else keep on 12 stepping as you stay unashamed we love (laughs) y'all love you guys